Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. So back in 1999, a guy by the name of Lee Strobel wrote this book. Many of you read it. Uh, JJ, who brought my podium out, says, Pastor B, I read that book. Uh, the Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. A journalist's personal investigation of the evidence for Jesus. Now, Lee was an award-winning editor of the Chicago Tribune. A great journalist. But he didn't believe there was a God, let alone Jesus. And so he did study to, to find out, is there evidence that proves there is a God? And so in 99, he wrote this book. In 2017, it became a movie. And I did a little research. It's still available on Netflix and Pure Flix. Uh, Pure Flix is make sure that you don't get any R's in there. Uh, you know, you know what R's are, right? So anyway, yeah, reading, writing, arithmetic, the R's. So I'm going to use some of his main points, and then I'm going to put a lot of Uncle Bernie sauce. The reason I say Uncle Bernie is that's what my friends, the band, calls me, and, and uh, I'm known as Uncle Bernie at their church, and I'm grateful for the relationship I have with their pastor, Justice Coleman, and all that they're doing there. So John 14, 1, Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. And then he says, you believe in God, you believe also in me. In other words, uh, we saw it last week, belief is to lean on him, like sitting in the chair you're sitting in. You're, you're trusting that chair that it's going to hold you up, and thank God that it does. We believe in him. We, we, we trust in him. And back the previous chapter before this discourse, we remember that Jesus got down as a servant and washed the disciples' feet. He cleaned their messy toes and in John 13, 33, he says, my children, I will be with you only a little longer, and where I am going, you can't come. Do you want to talk about devastating news? They loved being with Jesus. He taught like no one else had ever taught. He turned the water into wine, the little boy's lunch, into ability to feed over 5,000 people. He they, they, they watched him raise the dead. I mean, this, is, this, this was Jesus. And now Jesus says, hey, guys, I just want you to know that I'm not going to be here anymore. I'm going somewhere you can't go. But, 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 but you know the way, right? And they, they, they answer and they say, we, we, we don't know the way. And then he responds with John 14.6, this outrageous claim, I am, would you read it with me, please? The way and the truth and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. Well, back in verse 4 and verse 5 is that statement I just made. You, you, you know the way to the place where I'm going. And Thomas said, remember Thomas, doubting Thomas? Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way to get there? <laughs> See, Jesus was speaking to his disciples out of a deep compassion for them. And I love what Strobel says. He, he says that we've got to make sure we're ready to counter the religious myths that are out there. And maybe you heard this one, myth number one. All religions are basically the same. Now, don't we all end up in the same place? You, you take the stairway to heaven or the highway to hell. Those are songs. And we end up in the same place, right? We, we, we end up with God. I mean, don't we, after all, just end up in the same place as nice God who lets all of us into heaven? 
But the uniqueness of Christianity is rooted in the uniqueness of Jesus Christ himself. It's a very unique religion. Why? Well, some people said this, religious leaders, follow me and I will show you how to find the truth. But Jesus said, I am the truth. Follow me and I will show you the way to salvation. But Jesus said, I am the way. Follow me and I will show you how to become enlightened. And Jesus said, what? In John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness at all, but will have the light of life. So he's not saying, I, I, I can get you some light. I know your way is dark. I know your way is heavy. I can lighten your load a little bit. No, no, no. I am the one that you can cast all your cares upon because I care for you. Other religious leaders said, follow me and I can get you to the door. But Jesus said, I am the door. Every religion has a series of things that you do in order to earn favor with God. And maybe you know people. I know a gentleman who has a doctorate in education. And here's what he believes. That if he does enough good stuff, that someday the good God will open up the good door and let him into the good place called heaven. You know what I said to him? Remember, he's a doctorate in, the, in education. He's a, he's a deep thinker. He's very philosophical. Hmm. He strokes his goatee a lot. Therefore, he's profound. <laughs> he's deep. And he drinks bourbon. <laughs> hmm. And I said to him, why on earth would you want to go to the good place? Because I don't want to go to the bad place. And here's what I say to him. Why on earth would you want to spend all eternity with God in the good place when you want nothing to do with God now? That's pretty good. Pretty good. See, Timothy Keller says that heaven is the uninterrupted presence of God. Uninterrupted. We get to look at God and be with God and hang with God. By the way, next week, we're going to talk a little bit about about heaven because Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. We We should look at what that place might be like. Do you know that the Buddhist literature has a story similar to the prodigal son? Remember the prodigal son takes the inheritance, goes to Vegas, and, you know, rents a suite and has everybody come over and squander his money and drink all his expensive champagne and he's got dancing girls and all this stuff and then he ends up with nothing and he's out in the middle of nowhere in a pigsty trying to steal apple cores from pigs' mouths. And remember what the father does? It's, it's Jesus telling a story about his dad, Father God. The father opens his arms of grace and welcomes his son home. Yeah. And has a party and gives him the family ring and gives him the robe and puts sandals on his feet and celebrates. Buddhist literature, the errant son has to work off the penalty for 25 years taking care of dung. D-U-N-G. What a contrast. Prodigal comes home to God. Grace is greater than all of our sin. Buddhist literature, 
prodigal comes home, you will shovel dung for the next 25 years to pay for your penalty. Now, I know there's people that are just as conscious, and I, and I get all of that. But all of us here and all of us watching online know that our sin has a result, and that result is called death. The wages of sin is death. Nothing changes that truth except for Jesus. Because when you believe in him as the Lord, as the Savior, died and risen again, shedding his blood for our sins and transgressions, when you believe in him and when you confess him as Lord and Savior, guess what happens? You don't got a shovel done for 25 years. And you end up not in the good place. You end up in the greatest place, eternal paradise with God. I mean, just think about it. And to my friend with a doctorate in education, you can't earn it. You don't deserve it. See, Christianity declares that there is one eternal God that created the heavens and the earth. And Hinduism says, everything is God. This is, this, this is God. You're God. You're God. But only Jesus qualified and is qualified to declare that he was God. No other religious leader could say that. I love what theologian R.C. Sproul said. Moses could meditate on the law. Muhammad could brandish a sword. Buddha could give personal counsel. Confucius, Confucius could offer wise sayings. But none of these men were qualified to offer themselves as the atonement to take away the sins of the world. Only Jesus was qualified. I like that. I'm betting my life on it. Now, some people say, well, how do you know Jesus was God? Can I, can I let you in on something here and hope you won't hold this against my sermon time? I just want you to, because to, some of you don't know about what I'm about about to say. Uh, Jesus read from the Torah in the synagogue. Uh, when you read from the Torah, you read from right to left, not left to right. And he stands up in the, in the synagogue, and let me just shorten it and paraphrase it. He says, um, um, from Isaiah, the Lord's anointed me to set the captive free, to give sight to the blind, to deliver those that are oppressed. That's a prophecy about himself. And he comes to the end of that, and he says, um, today, in your midst, this scripture is fulfilled. Just think of the weight of that. Where's he reading it? In the synagogue. What's he reading? The Torah, the holy word of God. And many of you may know this, that you could not read from the Torah if you were an illegitimate child. Uh, the Hebrew word is mamsa. Uh, the English word is bastard. So even the Jewish leaders of the day, allowing Jesus to stand and read the Torah in the holy place of God, the synagogue, understood that there was truth about the virgin birth. Otherwise, Joseph and Mary were doing some nasty stuff and had an oopsie and had a boy. And we believe in the virgin birth. Mary was selected above all the women in the world at that time to bring forth the Christ child who wasn't born like you and me, who was born because of divine 
conception. I just, I just still marvel at that. And the second myth is that Christianity is just one philosophy among many. It's just another religion. Now, the United States Constitution says that all religious viewpoints are equally protected. So if you wanted to go down the street and start the first church of selfie, where all you do is take selfies, and it's all about you, and all the people that come to that church are God, uppercase and lowercase God, you can do that under the constitution of the law. And you could file for a 501c3, a religious exemption, and religious tax status, and you could have the church of selfie. Come here where all of us are all about ourselves. That's all we do, all we care about. What do we worship? Us. Who do you sing to? Us. Hmm. And some people jump to the conclusion that if there's different viewpoints and religions are protected equally under the law, therefore they are equally true. I want you to hear this. Just because different religions' viewpoints are equally protected does not make them equally true. And that's why Jesus said, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Not a way, not a truth, not a life, but it. Hmm. And if Daniel was here, drum roll, we would say, and Jesus is the only one who died and rose again who never died again. Lazarus rose from the dead and he died again. And Jesus, nope, didn't die. And he ascended, right? To the right hand of the Father. This is the teaching that sets Christianity apart from all others. The number three myth is that Christians are narrow-minded. Have you ever been told this? You need to be more open-minded. Or as one young lady said to me, Pastor, when are you going to get woke? I go, I woke up this morning. <laughs> That's not what I mean, she said to me. Huh. And I said, I understand. I, 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 you know, I'm an old guy. I, I, I get it. But when it comes to being woke, when it comes to being cancel culture, when it comes to somebody saying, we're going to change the history, of, you cannot change the history of Jesus because he is our history. And I'm not just being silly with the word, but we know history is his story. Ooh, that was deep, wasn't it? <laughs> We're not narrow-minded. When Jesus said, I am the way, and you've heard me say this before, he wasn't saying we're narrow-minded. He was saying we're narrow-focused. He is so gifting his disciples with this understanding, there is no other way to God, guys, except for me, and I don't want you to be confused, because after I leave, there could be confusion. And by the way, who's he talking to? Catch this. He's talking to the disciples. Who are they? The ones that are going to make sure you and I get saved. All the gospel of Jesus, all the going to all the world and preach the gospel was upon this misfit group, ragtag group of preachers. You and I know about Jesus because they did their job. Come on. And we know when Jesus went back to heaven, the angel said, uh, you got another plan, Lord? <laughs> Is there a plan B? 
Can I, can I just lovingly lean into you for a minute? When it comes to Lompoc, California and our 46 churches in town that we have of all shapes and sizes and, you know, we're it, man. We're it. Where you work, you're it. Tag, you're it. Well, I work in a place where a lot of people don't like Jesus. Tag, you're it. I live in a neighborhood where people, oh, those people across the street, do you see what they do? We look out our window, tag, you're it. You're the only Jesus some people will ever see. You're the only Bible some people will ever read. You're the only Holy Spirit some people will ever know right now. That was good. And somebody said, but our religion is better than your religion. No, no. Our Savior is the best. Don't confuse Protestantism or tell the Catholics, well, you need to defect from the Catholic Church. You need to, you need, look, just, 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 just Jesus. Because I have some friends that are devout Catholics. They do all the stand-up, sit-down, fight, fight, fight stuff. <laughs> I can play dominoes better than you can. <laughs> right? Right? But I know some of them who are devout followers of Jesus. Well, pastor, you know, it's apostate church. and I, Sure, go, go ahead. Go ahead. But here's our, here's our statement. Here's our statement. Do you believe in Jesus? Who do you say that he is? Go after that. Yeah, but you guys raise your hands. No, you guys, you guys believe in tongues. You guys don't. You guys believe in... Just, excuse me. Excuse me. Who is Jesus to you? Oh, I don't know. Then you preach Christ and him crucified. That's our calling by the Apostle Paul. John 1.14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Yay! And we have seen the glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. That's who he is. Myth number four, it does not matter what you believe. All religions lead to God. You can be sincere and sincerely wrong at the same time. I know people who believe in all kinds of gobbledygook, and there's nothing of Jesus in their belief. And I got to say, man, they're committed to their gobbledygook. They're committed to it. They light candles. They chant. They meditate. You know, they do all this stuff. And sadly, sometimes they're more committed to their gobbledygook than Christians are to Christianity. Sorry. Jesus says, I'm the truth. He doesn't say, I'm the religion, I'm the ritual, I'm the regulations. He just says, I am the truth. And that's what we need to tell our friends. He's the truth. It wasn't long after Christ was gone. He had already done his post-resurrection ministry. And somebody uh, named Peter, I love Peter. He'd goofed up so many times, but the Lord kept giving him chance after chance. Acts 4, 12. What does he say? Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men, ladies too, by which we must be saved. They didn't say can be saved, must be. It's an emphatic call to people. You must be saved. You must be saved. So lady called her husband on her cell phone. And uh, he was driving. So 
phone. I'm driving. I cannot be disturbed at this time. When I arrive at my location, I will call you back. You ever gotten those messages? She called again. She called again. Finally, he answers his phone while he's driving. She said, Herman, Herman, there's a report of a wrong way driver on the freeway. And he said, honey, there's hundreds of wrong way drivers right now. <laughs> hmm? That was good. First service said you needed that. It's not just one car. There's hundreds of them. So you know the moral of the story. Herman was going the wrong way on the freeway. But he thought he was going the right way. Hey, if you knew you had somebody going the wrong way, what would you do with them on the freeway? Wouldn't you save them? Wouldn't you help them? Wouldn't you share with them? We have a lot of people going the wrong way, folks. And I'm just here to tell you today, Jesus is our way forward. And he wanted us to know that he's the way, the truth, and the life. So here's what we do. And you're looking at the notes going, oh my God, how's he ever going to finish? I am, because you're going to write fast. <laughs> we have to believe the truth. Well, what does that word believe mean again? We lean on it. We trust him. We have to believe the truth. Secondly, we have to live the truth. See, Jesus just isn't the way, the truth, and the life to God. He's the way to live. He's the truth that we live. And he's the life that we live. John 10.10, 10, I come to give you life and life more abundant. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's how we live. He's how you relate to your husband or to your wife. Good morning. He's how you relate to your kids and your parents and your neighbors and your co-workers. It's his truth living in you. It's his life living in you. It's his way living in you and through you. And we have to be hopeful in the truth. Hopeful. Can I tell you the world is looking to see if your hope is up or not? I don't know what you do. I don't know the circles you travel in. I don't know the emails or texts that you get. But I get stuff from people that aren't real hopeful right now. A friend of mine sent me an email from a pastor who runs a house church in Afghanistan. They meet in homes. They lift their hands. They play their guitar ever so quietly. And they worship Jesus. And in the email, it simply said this. We believe in Jesus. We're going to keep meeting together. And we're not sure if in the next two or three weeks, we may go see Jesus. And some of you are thinking, when's he going to be done so we can go find out that, what we're going to have for lunch? I mean, it's a different world for some people. We have, we have people dealing with illness and cancer. We have people dealing with divorce and difficulty. We, we have people wondering about the economy, what's going to maybe happen with the economy, what's going to happen when the unemployment stops, if it ever does, what's going to happen to the American dollar, and what's going to happen. So these people contact me on occasion and say, Pastor B, you got... You got any hopeful truth for us? So I just thought I'd let you know, part of my side job is I try to do this. I try to give people hope. Can I tell you, your neighbors are watching you to see if you're very hopeful? But my life is not very good. Oh, what if we just did what we sang this morning? We give you our worries and our fears. 
We let go and we hold on to you. God, build your hope inside of us in such a way that the world will see why we follow Jesus because he is our hope. My hope is built on nothing less. Come on. Colossians 1.27. This is so great. Let's read it. God will to make known riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ where? In you. You take him with you wherever you go. The hope of glory. Can I tell you, I'm very hopeful. I got a new found hope inside of me. I'm going to tell you how I got it. I started hanging out with Jesus more. I started reading my Bible more and doing my devotions every day. Yay! I started praying in my car. I was listening to the news. I felt the whisper of God say, stop listening to the news. I was, but Lord, I'm on my way to church. I need to know what's going on. No, you need to invite me into your car and then into your heart. So I did on my way this morning early. Some of you were still asleep and I was driving here and I was like, Lord, fill, fill my heart. Fill my heart. It was the last time you just pushed everything aside, fill my heart. No, I got to get to Facebook. I got to see if anybody said anything. It's not that important. They post pictures and they don't like them. They delete them and they, they redo them. <laughs> Nobody posts their bad pictures. I'm just telling you that. Huh? How about Christ in us, the hope of glory? Come on, are you with me? First Peter 1 Peter 1.3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a... Can I ask you this? How many Christians do you know? Just asking you a new question. How many Christians do you know that are living in their living hope right now? If you could spend time with them today, have iced tea with them, have lunch with them, you would just feel the hope oozing out of their life. I mean, that's what the Lord is after for us, that we would be spreaders of hope. I'm so hopeful about the future. And by the way, we've got some great things coming at LFC. You'll hear about it. Great, thi great things. I'm so excited. Anyway, can you tell us? No, got to wait. <laughs> Stay tuned. More to come. Yeah. Hey, number four, this is, this is our call. Spread Spread the truth. What if the disciples would have said, Lord, we're not going to do it. Jesus says, you, 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 you go into all the world and preach the gospel, Mark 16, 50. I don't think so, Lord. I just think we're going to sit around and hang out and barbecue. Come on. We got to tell people about the gospel. We have to go into their world and preach the gospel to them. In Titus 2, 7, let everything you do reflect your love of the truth. Come on. And the fact that you are in dead earnest about it. I, I love the living Bible. Let everything you do, come on. Let everything we do as a church, let everything we do serving others, let everything we do reflect our love of the truth. Who's the truth? Jesus. And the fact that you are in dead earnest about it. So he said, Christianity is unique. It's all about Jesus. And without Jesus, we are lost. There is no way to God. I'm sorry if I burst your bubble. Anybody here online? He is not. There's no other way to God. Only Jesus himself. Yeah, but I know this guy who told me if, no, he's wrong. 
Yeah, but there's this place you go and you pray towards it three times a day. And if you do, it's, they're wrong. There's a savior named Jesus who will take you right as you are and he'll forgive all your sins. And he doesn't just make your life better. He makes you better at life. Would you bow your heads? Lord, I, I just want to pray for any here or online that don't know you yet, that haven't crossed over the line, that haven't believed, that haven't confessed. There's, there's a lot of views on how does somebody get saved, and yet Paul makes it so clear. You believe in your heart. You confess with your lips that Jesus Christ is Lord. You believe that God raised him from the dead, and you shall be saved. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him puts all their life on him, their weight upon him, will not perish, but have everlasting life. And I don't know when that will be for any of us in this room, any watching online, but there will be a day our heart will stop. There will be a day we'll take our last breath. And then you will, you will walk us through the valley of the shadow of death and we will not be afraid because you will be with us. Your rod and your staff will comfort us. And we, because of your grace and your mercy, will be able to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So if you're here and you've never confessed, you've never believed Jesus is Lord, you've never said, God, I'm going to believe in you and I'm going to follow you. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to trust you. I'm just going to invite you to raise your hand. We're not going to take all day. We won't embarrass you, I promise. You don't need to join this church. You don't need to do anything special. Just want to invite you. If that's you today and you'd say, I'm giving my life to Christ, just raise your hand. I'll agree with you. All right. And online, you can, in the chat, you can say, that's me. I'm saying yes to Jesus. And then all you saved people, you thought you were off the hook. I want to ask you, and I believe from the heart of God, will you be someone who will allow the living hope of Christ to shine through your life? And will you be someone who's willing to open your mouth and tell somebody about the Savior and not be embarrassed and not be ashamed of the gospel because it's still the power. It's still the power for salvation to those who believe. To the Jew first and also the Gentile. So how many would raise your hand and you'd say, you know what, pastor, count me in. I want to be a spreader of the gospel. I want to share the truth. I want to live in such a way that people get saved. And someday when I go to heaven, I'll see them there and we'll smile at each other. Yes, Lord. Give us bravery, Lord. Give us, give us a boldness, Lord, not to be afraid. Because there's so many people that we know collectively that desperately need to be saved. We have family members, Lord. We spoke their name to you this morning. We, we have friends, Lord, who are far from you. We have coworkers who need to know the joy of Jesus, who need to know the power of salvation, who need to know the grace and forgiveness and mercy of the Lord so we contend for them. Use us, use others to, to, to plant, to water, and may you give increase to the gospel, we pray. And may this church always be a place Always be a place where people find Christ, where children come to know Jesus. We thank you, Lord, 
for your love and your mercy, and that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.